Okay, I'm officially wow. recording now. Wow, it's like that sound in like Super Mario World when like Yoshi like wow, <laughs> like I don't know what Look, that is, but we've been talking for probably probably like a good twenty minutes now. But if people want to hear that, they need to sign up for the Ultra Elite Membership Club that doesn't exist <laughs> where, yet, where you come inside my house <laughs> and watch us record. Yeah, yeah, creepily. that'll happen one day. Yeah, TCHQ. It's like those 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 auditoriums when they do surgeries and people are up in the balcony watching them do it. Yes, there we go. Oh gosh, Just that, nobody like, better have any junior mints. That's I didn't realize that your that your place down there had a had a second story. Had an auditorium, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm building one. You know, it's gonna be right up there. It's gonna be great. Nice, nice. I can't oh, wait. I can see it now above the yeah. kitchen shelves there. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> All right, you good to go? Yep. Hello, Rip City. Wait to a minute. Where, here what, the- where happened to the what happened to the big yell? Wait, I can't change it up on a week to week. You can. I haven't heard it for a while. The, uh, you did it when you were sick, and now you haven't done it lately. It's fine. You can do whatever you want. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know. Okay, okay, okay. I see it. You it's know, all good. I, it's just because I'm going like, to do a belting Bohemian Rhapsody thing, so I'm just like, you got to belt it, too. I don't know. Maybe I should just go real slow, like, hello, Rip City. Yeah, all right. I won't, I won't bother you. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. I'm sorry. Hello, Rip City. City to all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this beautiful Sunday, the twenty fourth of February. You are listening to the to the Podland Trailcasters. I am Keith Elton Smith, and here with me, as always, the daring, the dashing, the beautiful, the bold, and the belting Brandon Goldner. What's up, buddy? Too late. My time has come. Sent shivers down my spine. Body's aching all the time Goodbye, everybody I've got to go Gotta leave you all behind And face the truth Mama ooh, I don't wanna die Sometimes we on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to help up with us, or you could do it by email at trailcasters@gmail.com. We also have a website that is simply trailcasters.com, but the most important thing, and I usually put on my Freddie Mercury voice to say it, we're going to want your five-star reviews, whether they are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, that does not matter. What does matter are those reviews, because more reviews means more people, more people means more fun. Keith, how is everything going on this cloudy and possibly snowy Sunday afternoon? It's going well, yeah. It was a, it was a snowy morning this morning for sure. It was kind of strange to look outside, and be like, oh, has that been there the whole time? Did that just happen? Didn't uh-huh. expect that. Yeah, all I, the way down here in Twelfton, Gosling. I heard, and now, so here's the thing, like about weather forecasting. Like people were like, oh, last time the National Weather Service and the weather people said it was going to snow, it didn't snow. What you should do is do this. You know how I say follow me at Golder PDX on Twitter. You should follow at NWS Portland National Weather Service Portland because they have really detailed, like up to the moment forecast and. Here's what you should do. You click on their website and you can look at the narrative discussion by an actual human meteorologist talking about how complicated, how many different models they have. You have the gorgeous oh, yeah, meteorologists. We can all trust them. Well, the thing Sorry, is, like, like, when you read the narrative of what's going to happen tonight, for example, they're like, look, we have some models are having the precipitation tracking north, some models that track south, some models the easterly Wait wind comes in is, two hours later. Is this a new sponsor? No, it's not. But I do, okay, let's get back to this. No, I do, I do love the National Weather Service. My point with all of this is like when you read the narrative of how they build their forecast 
It's so complicated. There are so many variables that in two hours, if one thing tracks 30 miles south and the winds come in 30 minutes later, you have a completely different system 12 hours after that. So that's my point. It's like butterfly effect to the nth degree. Like, so people are like, I can't believe that they can't forecast it right. It's so complicated. Shut up. Oh, how dare oh, wait, you? Oh, so, sorry. You know what? Wait, I was falling asleep over here. Weather oh, gets my heart beating even more than listening <laughs> to Queen, so you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, how's, we that have... for, how's that for an intro? I don't know where any of that came from. <laughs> That's how we do no, it here no, on the Trailcast. This is, this is harkening back to the early days of Trailcasters, actually. We had a, a, a while, it seemed like, where the bit in the beginning in the intro was kind of this weekly Portland weather report, uh, kind of you talking about the downtown weather and me talking about Twalton. So That's you're true. Just kinda, you're, just, you're just acknowledging where the inspiration comes from. You know, yeah, where, it where does. It kind of heartless back to that, doesn't it? And are we going to talk about the show? <laughs> we talk about Harkless on today's show. Is that in the cards? Well, hey, listen. No, this is this is officially a weather podcast. We're going to have a Blazer segment, but is it? <laughs> okay, we're done. <laughs> Enough weather. Uh, we can. I can talk more forecast, about weather though, if you want me to. I'm totally. We don't have down any more of a forecast. We're going to go back to a postcast. We're going to talk about uh, this last Friday. We had uh, from Bleacher Report Varun Bose in here. We talked about the win against Brooklyn, Cantor's Blazer debut, uh, Dame's loyalty, what effect that could have, and more. We'll begin to that interview in just a minute. But first. I want to talk about some uh, some kind of local, uh, lo- I don't want to say low level, but off the NBA path highlights for some of our guys. Okay. CJ, today, uh, this morning, Sunday, it was announced that CJ, his uh, jersey is being raised into the rafters at Lehigh. Uh, I believe this is basically the same thing as retiring the jersey, right? Uh, they kind of worded it a little differently. Maybe it's just because it's the college sports, not I- I'm sure it's going to be both retiring the number, raising it to the rafters. Right. And obviously that makes perfect sense. I mean, I can't. I mean, has there even been another? Is he the only NBA player from Lehigh? Do you know that? I don't know, to be completely I honest. I'm assuming that, that he is. is. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the case. And, and if he's not, he's definitely the most ho- high profile of all of them. So that's awesome. Good for CJ. Well, and as long as we're talking about his number being raised up there too, we criticized his performance earlier this season a bit. He hasn't had the most consistent season. He's had some ups and downs, but he's looking a lot better recently. He's definitely coming around. I think uh, his his playmaking still leaves a little bit to be desired. But would you agree that CJ is is redeeming himself somewhat so far? I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know if I would agree. Ooh, I mean, he's really? had okay. he's had a couple of good games, and I think just that rain that, on CJ's parade here. You know, he's getting his number raised up. You just can't even give him his moment, huh? That's totally true. <laughs> I mean, I am kind of being a Debbie Downer, but you look at his last five <laughs> games. He's shooting 36 percent from the field. He's shooting 19 percent from deep in the last five games. That's Ooh, really okay. bad, actually. So yeah, no, I don't think he is redeeming himself. But he did have a few games before that where he busted out. He had three straight 30 point games. Uh, he had four straight games of 28 points or more, but that's what his season has been. It's been up and down. And like, we've talked about this before that, uh, that stat that used to exist. I don't know if it's still being updated called shake. It, it tries to gauge how consistent a player is. His shake would be all over the place this season. Right. Like the fact right. that he's still averaging about 20 a game is it's not because he's doing it consistently. That's for sure. Well, uh, you know who else was looking pretty up for a while is Myers Leonard. And I think now we can all agree that he's probably not going to see as many minutes. He's probably kind of on a, on going to be on a bit of a down slope uh, for this year's season, at least, or this this season for his uh, performance. But, but 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 interestingly enough, that has nothing to do with him, right? Like he was actually no, not at all. He was playing pretty well. I mean, he has. I think this is weird. I think that he has the second highest per player efficiency rating on the Blazers and like in limited minutes, but like, yeah, now with Rodney hood and Cantor, I mean, even Zach Collins is getting pinched out, but yeah, Myers Leonard kind of getting relegated to the bench. It's a bummer for him, but, but one thing he is doing to kind of make up for that off the court, uh, there was a really nice piece I saw the other day. I'm sure you know about Blazers edge night, right? Where absolutely. 
they put together a lot of money and they uh if anyone wants to donate to this please go and look up uh the sources over you can find lots of links over on blazer's edge articles excuse me but uh they are basically taking seat donations for children who wouldn't normally be able to go to a game uh often from families of uh low income or or uh uh just uh people of financial need uh dave deckard shared a story the other day about a fifth grade teacher talking about her class particularly three young boys in the class who love basketball but they just don't have a lot of financial support and just kind of not pleading or begging but just asking like is there any way that we can make this work for these kids dave deckard shared this article on blazer's edge and myers saw this article and uh he says consider it done my wife and i would love to help this class and their teacher come to a trailblazers game can't wait to have them at the rose garden cheering loud and proud obviously he didn't say rose garden i'm just you know translating things in there for that but the point is myers saw this on blazer's edge and and fully is reaching out i you know we're talking doesn't even matter how many kids we're talking but just the heart there i love it myers is a legend he always will be a portland legend in my mind yeah, he's especially because he unblocked me on Twitter. Thanks, Myers. But no, it's yeah, really, shout out Myers. <laughs> it's really, really cool. And by the way, I mean, like you said, Dave Deckard has been spearheading this for years and years. They've sent thousands of underprivileged kids in Portland and their mentors or, or parents to these games. And it's so awesome to see a Trailblazers player pick this up. And by the way, like, I'm not trying to go too far into like controversial land with this, but like, it's also good to see because Blazers Edge has been a, I think, a fair critic of the Trailblazers organization. Remember years ago when Ben Golliver was with Blazers Edge, he was a credentialed reporter there. And after Ben left, I think when he joined Sports Illustrated at that time, they took away Blazers Edge's credentials, even though they have people at Blazers Edge with like masters in journalism, people who've been doing journalism for years. They won't give Blazers Edge a credential, which I think is complete bullshit. They won't maybe say that on their podcast. They need to be more careful. You and I are never ever going to get credentials, so who cares? <laughs> and so to see, we see what we want. Yeah, well, we you know, maybe with a with. I'm not even going to go into that, but it's cool to see a Blazers <laughs> player like, and it's for the the betterment of of these kids, right? It's not about you know petty differences between front offices and and independent news sources. It's about helping kids, and that's what's about. Right. Super super cool to see with you on that. 100%. Yeah, uh, excited for that one. Uh, and that's really all the the kind of the front end notes I wanted to get in here before the interview. Actually, let's throw in one more here. You and I, Brandon, we are running Hood to Coast uh, in August, right? Mid August oh, or so. Oh, dear. The Trailcasters are going to be on afraid. a. I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, in case anyone hasn't heard of this run, it is fully, it's a team, uh, a team run from Mount Hood all the way up to the coast. My wife has done it before. She is dragging me into it. And actually, I think she dragged you into it first, or you came willingly, and then I got dragged in by the both of you. Uh, so now I have what five or six months to not only lose the weight and get back in good running shape to compete with or to follow you and her, but uh, you and I have to raise some funds for this. We are on a fundraising team, uh, and I believe the Trailcasters collectively are looking at a goal of $2,000 for this Hood to Coast run. So if we can get any sort of listener interest in this, any sort of uh, 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 sponsorship from this sense we are happy to look we have two vans we can put stickers up on there we can put on uh company sponsors if anyone wants to reach out with uh, something that you uh, work for and would be interested in this but what, what you're gonna throw in you well say? i mean there's a couple things because we are this is the first time we've talked about this on the podcast so we don't have right, like our live we don't have like our talking points down like where to send people because I think each of us have a, a donor page where we're going to want to direct people to give those donations. So maybe think of this as a primer. We're going to be talking about this. Stay tuned. <laughs> pretty much every episode. But the other thing, Keith, did you mention who who are we donating money for? Did you mention that piece or was I just zoning out? I did not because I don't have these details in front of me. Like you said, we did not really plan this out. But again, stay tuned, listeners. We will be... Uh 
mentioned this again and again going forward. Wait a minute. Can you can you months. do me a favor? Can you just talk yeah. for 20 seconds and stall while I look something up? So just talk about something related to this. Can. Yeah, great. Yeah, so uh, it, it's kind of interesting. I did Hood to Coast when I was in high school, uh, way back when, uh, way back when, because I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm that old at this point. But uh, I was in pretty good running shape at the time. It was, it was fun. We'd actually had our, our cross country coach. He told us that he did not want us doing Hood to Coast over the summer because he did not want any of his athletes uh, straining or hurting themselves right before the cross country season started. And of course, what do a bunch of his athletes do but put together our own team of two vans? And we ran. I think we took maybe first or second or third place. We we podiumed for our our division or bracket, whatever you wanted to say at the time. I don't know if they do it the same way now. I think it's a little more generalized, but it was a lot of fun. And I have obviously fallen very much out of running shape at this point. So I have many pounds. Yeah, you have like you did. Hey, now uh, you, you did a great job last summer of losing a bunch of weight over a short amount of time. And so I'm taking your inspiration and my wife's too. She's in wonderful shape from all the running she does. Uh, I am inspired by you guys and I'm going to lose this weight over the next several months, get back into my running shape in time for the hood to coast run in August. And listeners, again, if you guys can help with any of this, as far as the financial inspiration to really get me losing weight and back on the run, uh, we appreciate that. (laughs) Oh, that's that, that is a great way to burn some time and you do need to burn some calories, my friend, but the the reality is (laughs) if I can do it, anyone can. So you're going to have no problem. Here's a little bit more information. So this group that we've joined with your wife, Abby, we're raising money for the Providence Cancer Center. So for more than 25 yes, years, Providence, Providence Cancer Institute, they've been a pioneer in immunotherapy research and treatment. They're considered one of the most advanced cancer therapies today. They're a global leader in this work, and they're committed to developing treatments that can help people. Cancer fucking sucks. I'm not quacking yes. that out. And no that's, that, that is why we're doing it. So it is. It's super, super important. If you can donate fifty dollars if you can donate five dollars if you can donate a dollar that doesn't matter we would love to have your support so what we're going to do we're going to have our individual donor pages both linked into the episode descriptions whether it's today or next episode keith and i will have a competition who can raise more money if you're going to donate to anybody donate to me and Keith, but donate (laughs) slightly less to keith so if you're going to donate ten dollars for example give me 501 give him 499 we don't want keith to win but we do want to donate the money so that's why we're doing it the providence cancer Centered, super important. Keith, thank you for mentioning it. We're going to mention it on every single episode from here on out. Stoked about also, it. Also, I love that uh, you really came together with all the actual info for that. My wife, I'm sure, is going to love. She, I'm going to get such a hard time from her about how she's. Oh, she's going to be pissed, dude. Like, you should know this way better than me. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's great, though. Okay, well, listen, we'll get uh, the interview going with Varun Bose in here in a second. Wonderful guy to talk to from Bleach Report. Uh, but first, a word from one of our sponsors, Clearly Speaking. Keith, have you ever been stalling for time, wondering what to say about a topic you have no clue what to talk about, but you want to do it as articulately as possible? Well, if you want to get better at that, you should reach out to Brenda at clearlyspeakingoregon.com because she is a certified speech language pathologist. What does that mean? That means that she can help you with accent reduction, with battling vocal fatigue. If you're someone who does a lot of public speaking or speaks to somebody, uh, customers, constituents, or students all day, uh, you're voice can take a beating if you do podcasting brenda can help you she is an original sponsor of the show we appreciate her support so much and a huge blazers fan and again you can reach out to her again i'm just at this point i'm really having trouble <laughs> i need to reach out to brenda i could do that at clearly that is clearly He is a Blazer fan all the way over on the East Coast, and he happens to also work for Bleacher Report. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Varun Bose. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for reaching out and having me. I'm, uh, I'm so honored 
be able to talk about the Blazer on a podcast. Oh, no, man, you are honoring us, seriously. And I, I, I really appreciate that. But I saw you on Twitter. I saw you talking about uh, seeing Casey and Brooke, I think, over at the game last night. And I couldn't resist. And it was a, it was a shot in the dark. I'm so glad this worked out to have you here. No, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad that my friendship with Casey has taken me to such far places. He's uh, <laughs> the best, and I, I owe it all to him. Shout out to Casey. Oh, do you know Casey from back in the day? No, not really. I, I mean, I was introduced to Casey <laughs> only a couple a couple years ago. Uh, he stopped by the office. We have a, or he, uh, John Geffro, who is uh, PBS Proselyte on Twitter, uh, who I also, uh, yeah, shout out to him. Um, I, I work with him and he knows Casey from back in the day. And so we were introduced and every time I go to a Blazers game, I, I make it a point to go say hi to him. He's, he's awesome. So Nice. Well, yeah, so the game last night, you were there for that one, and Portland takes down Brooklyn 113-99. to 99. Uh, I can reel through some stats real quick, but obviously you had the first-hand experience. Uh, would you agree? Would, would do you? Uh, did you see what the numbers... Uh, <laughs> threw that one um, uh, around backwards. Do the numbers support what you saw, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Nurk with 27 points and 12 rebounds, CJ with 21. Enos Cantor in his debut, 18 points and 9 rebounds for the Blazers. Damon Moe each with 13. Uh, from from what I saw on TV, Nurk and CJ definitely were the engine last night, really cooking along. Uh, but Cantor as well. How did how do you think he looked in the Blazer uniform for his first game? Yeah, totally. I mean, the story is obviously Cantor. Um, you know, it was amazing to kind of watch him. Like I had low expectations on defense, obviously, from what I've heard and what I've watched and what I've seen. Sure. Um, but on the offensive end, like totally surpassed my expectations. I think the Blazers have been looking for like a spark plug. You know, just generally off the bench, you know, obviously, like Seth Curry's been playing really well. Jake Lehman, both in a starting and in a uh, off the bench role, have been like really fun to watch. Rodney Hood, obviously, coming in. But, you know, Enos Kanter just gives them another option of like where they can go and what they could do down the line. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think I tweeted this last night, but I was like very mixed emotions seeing him just like destroy Ed Davis on the block, <laughs> like back to back possessions. Cause, you know, like going to that game, yeah. I, I said this also as well. I was just like, it was the perfect game to go to, like, you know, coming up all-star, you just are happy to see the Blazers play. And, you know, the Brooklyn fans are, were all very nice, very kind. There are Brooklyn fans, I promise. But, uh, but yeah, like, you know, <laughs> half of the, half of the Nets players are former Blazers. So, you know, to watch Shabazz, to watch Ed Davis, to watch all those guys play, it's just like, it, it was really fun. But at the same time, like, you know, Enos Cantor really like showed up, was absolutely dominant on the first couple of possessions where he got the ball, just like powered down at Davis and like would score layups, get offensive rebounds. So, yeah, I mean, it's exciting for sure. Um, you know, I, I, I still have my own personal concerns with the defensive end. And, you know, come playoff time, like, I think this team will look a little bit different. The, the bench will probably get shortened and stuff like that. But, you know, it was it's definitely a promising start coming up the All-Star break. Yeah, pretty pretty cool start for sure. And I agree with you on the defensive end. I think Cantor uh, kind of has that reputation. We all know that that is his, his weakest link, his biggest flaw is the defensive end. But on offense, it really was cool to see someone... Basically, who can double what Nurk does in a lot of ways. I, I, I didn't realize that uh, Cantor could move that well, honestly. His spin moves and even just kind of the, how quickly he could reposition himself into the paint. I was impressed by that uh, for a guy his size. Nurk, uh, Nurk moves well for uh, someone who's slightly bigger body, but Enos just had this kind of speed and agility in there, and I was uh, pretty surprised by I think the offensive end having... Uh, him in there to work with Dame on the pick and roll and with CJ, obviously, like last night when Nurk isn't on the floor, I think it would be really interesting. I'm curious, honestly, to see if we ever see Nurk and Cantor together on the floor. Uh, the same way that Oklahoma City, they used to play Cantor next to Steven Adams, two big bodies at once. And I'm kind of curious if we will go that way. But just having the additional minutes on the floor uh, with a big body pick and roll option, I think is going to prove to be really useful down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I doubt that they would. I mean, just out of guessing, like, 
I'm sure that's like maybe a thing that Terry Stotts would think about like in a specific playoff matchup. But generally speaking, like I don't know that it would make a ton of sense for them to play together. I mean, who knows? Like, you know, yeah. Stotts can go crazy and maybe they are on the floor together. But I think what you said earlier of like having someone who can play the nerf role for the bench um, right. is sort of like maybe what they were going for. I, I also would be remiss to not shout out Zach Collins and Myers Leonard, who I Please correct me if I'm wrong, but got zero minutes each. I, I think that's going to be yeah. really sad moving <laughs> forward. Like, I think we all had like really high hopes for Zach Collins at the beginning of the year, and those first couple of games, like, definitely was there. But you know, I, I think every Portland fan, it, it's mixed emotions because you want those guys to succeed, and you know, Myers gets a lot right. of shit on Twitter. And forgive me, I don't know if I can swear on this, but he does get <laughs> no, a lot you're of, good, you're good. Okay, he does get a lot of crap on Twitter, and. You know, but at the same time, like I think for the most part, across the board, people just generally have love for him. Like, you know, he's not like he's done anything to like harm us by any means, and he's just kind of a goofy guy. But it, it, I think there was concern when the trade happened initially, and you know, it, it's it's working out now. And I'm curious to see. I'm curious on, on your end, like, what do you think Zach Collins' future is on this team now? Well, it is it is definitely going to be interesting to watch going forward. We saw even right before the All Star break, Zach Collins looked amazing uh, against Golden State, and Myers as well, as I if I remember correctly, uh, played pretty key role at certain times, just spreading the floor out. I think uh, the conversation over in Portland right now is that these two are mostly going to be rotational bigs at this point. They may not have as solid of a lineup spot, but this is kind of already the role that Myers has been playing. He's kind of a, not. The, not the first big off the bench, but he's kind of a rotational big. If we need someone to spread the floor, kind of pull their center out of the middle to get Dame and uh, Mo and Jake and other cutters better lanes. Yeah. But uh, just for comparison, too, though, Zach Collins, his season high is 17 points. Uh, Myers Leonard, his season high was 16. Shout out to a friend of the show, Chris Burkhart, for pointing this out, by the way. So their season high is 17 and 16. Canner, in his debut, puts up 18 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, so yeah, not not looking bad at all, and I feel like as Kanter learns the sets more, we're probably going to see a little more improvement. I think they. I saw a stat as well last night that Nurk and Enos together had forty five points and twenty something, twenty one rebounds or something like that. Uh, that's that kind of production from your your big man rotation is just not something we've had for a long time. Yeah, I, I mean, I think like especially in today's day and age, like, and I'm certainly a victim of this. It's like it's not super sexy to have like a, a big man who's just dominant or like multiple big men who are dominant. You want those like, right. you know, three and D wings, you want the shooters, you want the three pointers. And like, I get it. The math speaks for itself hundred percent, but there is sort of like a, I don't know how to describe it, but there's like a bit of a sigh of relief when you have someone who can just dominate like that. So it's exciting. I mean, it's definitely exciting. I think the, the next couple of games will sort of like show kind of like the future of Zacons, the future of Myers Leonard, the future of the big man rotation. But it's it's an exciting start for sure, and I think we can all agree on that. I think I also saw something that uh, Portland now has is, is the only team in the NBA with two big men averaging. Oh gosh, what was it? Uh, some some sort of like ten rebounds. Yeah, having two big men averaging ten rebounds on their on their rotation. There are other teams that are getting uh, like twenty rebounds between two of their bigs, but we're the only one with two actual guys averaging ten apiece. So again, it's just it's going to give us more versatility, kind of stretch the. Uh, Stretch out what we can do on the floor, especially if, let's say, Nurk is having foul trouble or other things. Let's look forward, though. Um, let me ask you about this game coming up on Saturday at uh, at Philadelphia. I heard earlier that Joel Embiid is going to be out with left knee soreness for at least a week before he's getting reevaluated. This team is obviously still a strong... Uh, they, they have a pretty strong roster, and they're kind of on top of the East right now. Um, but how do, you, how do you feel about them being a little more over in that area and have maybe a better idea of, of how that team uh, functions without Embiid? Does this really... Uh, 
take away? I mean, you know, how much does this take away from from their punch? I guess when we come to town on, on Saturday. I mean, it, it takes away a lot, and I think even a Sixers fan would say that. Like Joel Embiid is the heart and soul of that team. He is incredible. He's amazing. He's the second coming of Hakeem Olajuwon in many ways, and I don't say that. Like, <laughs> I say that like forty percent as a joke, but sixty percent like he really is that talented. Um, so you know, it, it it would be silly for me to say like it doesn't take away from Philadelphia. That being said, this team is super talented. Um, they have a ton of shooting. They have JJ Reddick coming off pick, pick and roll. They, they obviously have Tobias Harris. They have Jimmy Butler. They have guys, of, and I forgive me, I don't know if they run a ton of pick and roll, but if they do go pick and roll, they, they will just demolish uh, defenses. So the Blazers will definitely have their hands full trying to stop those guys. Mm-hmm. That being said, like, you know, it, it's, it's beneficial in the regular season, especially to have a deeper bench like the Blazers do. They can throw a lot of looks at them. They can do all kinds of stuff, but they can keep fresh legs on the court at a lot of times. And, you know, I, I, this is no slide of the 76ers. I don't watch them as much, but I don't know that their bench is nearly as deep as ours. So, you know, I think in, in that way, like, it'll be interesting to see, like, what kind of rotations we run out there. Obviously, like, you know, the hope would be that Nerf eats down low. The hope would be that Enos Cantor also does his thing down low. Um, but, you know, I, I think we'll be able to throw them a lot of looks, and hopefully we can, you know, get a second straight road win. That would be a great, great start of the uh, post-All-Star break. Yeah, I would, especially with the uh, I think it's a 17-day road trip that we're on right now. So uh, getting the the first first win down in Brooklyn yesterday was a pretty nice start to it. It'd be awesome to go two and zero to start out. I think I agree with you that as strong as their roster is without Embiid, especially, and with this addition that the Blazers have an extra big man in the rotation, I feel like it's tipping the scales in our direction uh, pretty strongly. But you know, obviously. You can't you can't count anything in at this point of the season that all these teams are going to be really fighting for uh, any, any win they can get. The bench depth, like you mentioned, though, uh, I think is going to be a critical part of it. Uh, actually, let me give another shout out here too. friend of the show, Dave Deckard. We had him on just the other week. He had an article mentioning this kind of thing, talking about how acquiring Hood and now Cantor doesn't as much raise the ceiling for the Blazers, but maybe raises the floor Yeah, uh, in the sense that we have this whole range of where we could end up uh, in the West at the end of the regular season. Maybe not the top seed, but we're we could have one of the top seeds or slide all the way down towards the lower end of the playoff bracket. I don't think Blazers are falling out of it, especially now. And I think uh, Deckard's point was that adding Hood and Cantor does make it that much less likely that we slide to that lower end. Uh, maybe kind of securing us more in that in that upper uh, that upper bracket. What do you think about that? Is that is that likely? Can can fans start to count on being a, a home court advantage? I mean, I think Dave brings up a really smart point there, and, and the, the whole idea of that floor versus ceiling, like. You know, the, the ceiling is, is kind of where your superstars can take you. And, you know, I, I love Dame, I love CJ, but, you know, I think it's fairly obvious that there is a certain ceiling. Like, hopefully, like, they shatter it and they prove me completely wrong. But, you know, the additions that we made uh, over the trade deadline, like, that is a floor type thing. So I would 100% agree with Dave. And, you know, like, again, the, the ceiling doesn't get raised as much, but, you know, come playoff time or come certain matchups, the reason for, as I mentioned, the reason having a deeper bench is you can throw different looks. You can go double big man. You can go, you know, against a team that like doesn't have great rebounding. You can put two guys in there and we'll just demolish some of the offensive rebounds. If you remember, you, you alluded to it earlier that the Stephen Adams, Enos Cantor, uh, OKC pairing, when they went up against the Warriors, uh, they just destroyed them on the uh, offensive rebounding side. Draymond, as amazing as he is, like just couldn't handle blocking out. Andrew Bogut was having a tough time too. So, you know, like those are the kind of small things we'll be able to do in the playoffs. It'll hopefully, you know, again, raise the floor. But, you know, are those additions going to be like, all right, we're unlocked to make the title now or like to make the championship? Like, not really, you know. So right. I, I think he brings up a really smart point. It's that they're certainly building up there. But, 
you know, we'll, we'll see come playoff time exactly what Stotts is, is able to do. Well, I, w- I want to talk about the, uh, uh, the big man thing for a second too, that you touched on there. The idea that OKC had with Steven Adams and Cantor was to counter what Golden State was doing. I think that was in like 2015 or whatever. Yep. And kind of interesting. Again, I, I feel like the Blazers for a long time were very much kind of emulating Golden State style where we were a three point, uh, shooting team kind of spread around the floor as much as possible, get all the shooters on there playing small ball. And now you see the Blazers kind of go in that other direction. Now that they have such a powerhouse in Nurk and now solid backup for him with Cantor to be able to, uh, to, be able to hold that style of play on it. Maybe this does give us a better chance against Golden State. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if you uh, have heard the episode back, uh, back when for us, uh, Varun, excuse me. But uh, I actually was saying at one point that I think David versus Goliath, as far as the playoffs, if we were to match up again with Golden State after some of the drama they've had this year, knowing that behind the scenes there's all the issues with KD uh, kind of probably heading out of town after this, I think it could be a really interesting matchup to maybe we are really arming ourselves well to to take down Goliath uh, this year and have a real uh, playoff story. Look, I, I don't mean to be the Debbie Downer here, but, uh, you know, <laughs> especially as someone who grew up in the Bay Area, like I, I'm on text threads with a bunch of people who just like, talk warriors all the time and it's very frustrating but that being said like i mean this is an amazing team we're talking about like this is a generational type team and this is a team that has just completely dominated the last five or six years so you know sure does it tip does it tip us over for maybe one game possibly two like if we get really (laughs) lucky with an injury some infighting kevin durant and draymond going at it again like you know sure possibly but I just think that, you know, based on the roster construction, and, and again, I love this team. I love Dame. I love CJ. I love those guys. Like, who knows? Again, maybe I'm proven wrong, but based on the roster construction right now, based on where we're at, and based on where that team's at, like, it is just so, so tough. I mean, like, you know, even the, the big man thing that we're talking about, like, Boogie just steps in, and all of a sudden, he's the best big man on the floor, even compared to Nurk, even yeah. compared to Stanter. It's just they, it, the, what they've done over the offseason by adding Boogie and just surrounding that team with, with, with or just, having a ton of guys who are just like top tier guys, top 20 guys, like it's just, it makes it so, so tough. And so as optimistic as I want to be, I, I got to pour a little bit of water on that take. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, Hey man, look, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. But exactly. I understand that it, I understand that it is hard to be as, uh, as much of a homer as I am when you come over from the East coast over there. <laughs> no, I, uh, look, I, a- I, I will be the first one. I, I'll, I'll be rushing that floor. If I'm in the building, just like, yelling at Warriors <laughs> fan, like don't worry. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all in, but, you know, I, I just try to temper my expectations so that when we, you know, if something does happen That's where fair. we do lose, I, I'm not bombarded on my text thread with everyone just calling me an idiot. Be like, you stupid <laughs> man. Like, well, how dare you even think that you could come near us? No, that is fair. It's good to temper expectations. Uh, and I, I do think, you know, I'm not saying that I want that matchup right now. I'm just saying it could be interesting to maybe we are kind of, you know, collecting the right weapons, the right assets to to give them a, a good run. Uh, if it comes down to that, we'll see how it goes. Let me ask you about the uh, the wing rotation that we've kind of been talking about the bigs and you we've mentioned the bench lineup and kind of the uh, the, the depth that we have now. What's your thoughts on the, the, the current event, the talking point of Mo versus Jake versus Hood? Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about why is Mo still starting? And then, of course, what we see him get last night, 13 points and like eight or nine, re- eight rebounds and four assists. So he had a pretty good game for it last night. Uh, but people have been asking, like, why is Mo still even in the rotation? Maybe we should be starting Hood and or starting Jake and having the other one come off the bench. Where do you stand on the wings? Uh, look, I, let, me, let, me, let me start by saying this. Like, Mo Harkless, like, he obviously has his issues on the offensive end. Like, you know, everyone remembers that one year where he was like just at 40%, like wasn't shooting down the stretch. And now he's like, I think he's like rounded out at about a 35% shooter. I'd have to look at that reference. 
from three. So it's, you know, it's not great. It's fine. I think it's probably even lower this year. Um, but I, I think that, and, and obviously when you evaluate a player, the first thing you're going to look at is their offensive numbers. Now, that being said, like that guy does a lot of stuff on the defensive end that like just gets kind of a notice where there's tip balls, steals, just being in the right place. I think that's a super underrated thing on defense that not a lot of people catch. Like he moves well, he knows how to rotate and him and Aminu are like two of the better wings of just like stopping people in general. They're long, they can get deflections, they can get steals like that. That is overlooked, I think, a ton for more heartless. Now, that being said, one thing I've been like really surprised by and like I absolutely love is the Jake Lehman, uh, Rodney Hood combo. I think they have like really, really right. good chemistry already. Like, uh, I think the first two games, I, I mentioned this, but like I pointed it out on Twitter when I saw it. Uh, I think Rodney Hood hit Jake Lehman on like three skip passes, like in his first like few minutes. Just like found him in like the opposite corner for like three pointers, and it was—I mean, it's just—it was just like shocking to watch that kind of chemistry for two guys who like had never really played with each other. And obviously, Rodney Hood has been like a scoring punch off the bench. Jake Lehman is just like a walking fireball, basically at times. It's just been like amazing to watch. Uh, you know, it's great when people are like who are not Blazers fans are texting you, just be like, "Who the fuck is this other white guy that you found? Like, it's working out." I'm like, "Look, man." He's Jake Lehman. He's the turtle. He's the, the Maryland legend. So, you know, I, the I turtle, love, there you go. Absolutely. I, I love the, uh, I love the chemistry between them two. I think it just goes back to that point where like, you know, I don't, you know, I think Stotts is kind of like a, a creature of habit. I think you just, and I think a lot of the, a lot of basketball players are. So I think that's sort of why, you know, more heartless will probably start just moving forward. And I think that the, de- the defense um, that he brings is a huge value, especially when you're talking about Damon CJ, who are, for everyone out there who still is claiming they're not good defenders, like watch them play. They're much better, much better, like much more improved. They're getting the spots, especially Dane. Um, but still, like they give you that added value, that security blanket that you need. And so I, I don't mind more hard starting. Um, I think in particular matchups, when you are looking for an extra scoring punch, you know, maybe they'll rotate Jake in, maybe they'll rotate uh, Rodney Hood in. But I think for now, like I'm comfortable and I, w- I would love to see Stott's experiment over the next couple of games, you know, depending on matchups and stuff like that. But I don't mind starting for sure yeah I'd, I'd be curious if, if if we see some experimentation with the minutes kind of like you're saying of who is really right. getting the the uh lion's share per game uh and that could be really be matchup dependent but i do think that like you're uh like you said the the defense that mo brings is not something that we've seen from hood or jake layman and i think the trouble that fans have with that is defense is still generally less uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Translatable, or or yeah. it's just harder to understand, or harder to kind of uh, quantify uh, in stats that fans are looking at to really say, oh, this guy's a better defender than this other guy. Yeah, but like Jake Lehman will give you the sexy stuff. Like he, like last night, he had a great block against Brooklyn in the right order into the stands. Yeah, yeah, and like that, everyone's like, oh shit, that's awesome, that's amazing. But like, no one's gonna be like, wow, more heartless. Like, you know, he was his his uh, like his his sliding on defense. Like, oh my god, that was the most amazing thing I saw. Like, no one's gonna say that. Like, that's. That's not that's not fun at all, and it, it, like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's not translatable at all. So, um, yeah, I, like I said, I, I think Maharkless has a place on this team for sure. Whether he's going to be starting down the stretch, we'll see. But I, I'm comfortable with it for now. Okay, well, let me uh, let me talk to you about one more topic here that's kind of been uh, in the headlines recently. Before I let you go, and again, thank you so much for your time today. Of course. Uh, but. Dame, uh, he's been talking loyalty to Portland. He went on Chris Haynes' podcast and explained uh, why winning isn't everything for him and that he's not one to sell out at the cost of friends and families who'd be affected. Uh, he, he had a quote. Let me read this real quick. I'm saying I do 
I do want to uh, win a championship, but there's other stuff that means more to me. It's almost like I'm not willing to sell myself out for that instead of impacting this. I feel like this is pretty much the polar opposite of like, let's say what we hear from Kevin Durant or from other players where you see them making big time moves, kind of controversial moves, even uh, strictly and solely for the purpose of winning and, and trying to get that ring. I thought it was cool to hear Dame talk about this in a way so openly that was kind of against the grain, I guess is what, uh, what I would say. And then after that, Jalen and Jacoby talked about it and kind of, you know, gave him a lot of respect for it, saying that he's on the path to a statue. I saw Michael Rappaport, I think on first take talking about how Dame is one of a kind and how amazing he is and how valuable this kind of mindset is. Do you think this is possibly a way that the, it could change the, uh, the trend of the NBA? Do you think maybe we see less of a focus on, ring chasing i guess or is the winning always going to be the thing that matters as far as uh what fans are trying to uh digest and what fans are kind of like wanting to consume from the from the league like what do you think this has any value or is this gonna be maybe something that we just kind of respect dame for and then it kind of fades off and yeah well you know he was never the greatest point guard anyway kind of conversation no totally i mean i I wish i had like 45 minutes to talk about this and i would definitely (laughs) buy you like three beers because i would just we'll get you back (laughs) i'm definitely bored to death but no i mean like so I, let me start with the the Katie and the other like the Jimmy Butlers of the world. Like first of all, like you know it, it these guys are NBA players. Like I, I know people are like they're humans and blah blah blah. And, like that makes sense. But like at the same time, you have to understand like they live wildly different lives than all of us. So for us to even like try to speak on what they what they're thinking, what they know, it's really difficult. Like they have grown up like with basketball only on their minds. They grew up in these AAU circuits, and like they think very very different than us. You know. Um, you know, so, someone like me, I would sure. be like, I, I, I would be, if I was Katie, like maybe I'm content staying forward with the Warriors and like just winning titles and I don't really care what people say, but you know, if I'm Katie and I've had all this pressure from OKC and stuff like that, I, I can understand like why he is possibly conflict, conflicted, like acts a certain way, is like insecure about stuff, like who knows? Um, so, you know, on, on that end, I, I respect the fact that like they want to do what is, makes them happy. I just hope it makes them happy. Like, if he does go to New York, like I hope that hmm. is, I hope that is in his best interest, and he's not doing it because someone like Rich Simon is like whispering in his ear. You know, someone has convinced him that's right. the best thing for him. I hope he's making that decision because he's happy making that. Now, on the Dame side, I'll start by saying that, like, you know, Portland being the market that it is, for better or worse, um, I think Portland is just, you know, everyone can agree on this. Like, we're super lucky to have Dame. We're super lucky to have a guy who can say things like that and be secure with who he is be secure with his, um, you know, like his career, be, be secure with like his performance on the court and be secure about his legacy. Um, you know, a, a counter argument, I guess, can be like maybe, you know, from someone who's not a Blazers fan might be like, oh, he's probably just hedging, knowing that he's not going to get a superstar there. And so now he's trying to like shape everyone else's mind to think that like, oh, like right. I'm the guy who's like comfortable staying in Portland, like rings don't matter to me. Like you can look at it that way. And I, I understand that. But I think at the end of the day, one thing that maybe we're not thinking about so much, and he sort of said this of like the affecting families and friends and stuff like that is one thing that happens when people get traded, when people move cities and all that stuff is they have to uproot their lives. And, you know, Dame has obviously been very, it appears he's been very comfortable living in Portland for a long time. Um, He's very, very comfortable with the organization. They've treated him well. He's treated them super well. And so I think it's one of those things where like, he looks at the team right now and he thinks he looks at it and it's like, oh, the team is like pretty good. You know, I he probably looks at his legacy and thinks like, okay, we've been in the playoffs several years. I have I had big moments in the playoffs. You know, right now I'm hitting that 
um, I'm getting those like regular all NBA pro or uh, all pros or first team all NBA or whatever they're called. I'm, I'm making all stars regularly. I've sort of gotten that respect that three years ago, he was sort of like saying, I'm not getting that respect and I'm, I'm not with it that way. So now that he's getting that, I feel like maybe he, maybe he thinks that like, okay, I'm comfortable here. We can take steps to slowly getting better. I got a couple more years. Like what is the point of me like moving away and trying to fight for a title? uprooting my family, changing a bunch of people's lives when I'm comfortable here, I'm happy here, I'm making a lot of money. That's the other thing, like the, that big like extension, if he makes that one more all pro or whatever, like right. it's coming. And so that, that it, it makes it probably a little bit easier to say things like that, you know, like all that money coming in for the next five years, like it'll be better. But that being said, like, you know, he's always been pretty honest. He, he's always been pretty comfortable in his own skin. Like, you know, he wasn't super highly recruited, went to a school like Weber State and was you know and, and made his way from there so i think he's probably has a slightly different perspective than all these other guys and i'll just end it by saying that like we're lucky to have someone who's that comfortable in their skin that comfortable being in portland and is happy in portland hopefully he stays for that, many years that's an excellent take i i i love it i think that was an excellent breakdown uh, what about this uh, do you think this affects the free agency uh uh draw for portland like so having him say these things about loyalty does that, is that something that could possibly uh, ring true for other players' years and maybe make this look like a more attractive destination? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it certainly helps. Uh, I think part of the issue there, though, is that, you know, he is sort of, the, the fact that he is, like, saying these things and, like, going out on a limb and, like, you know, having a different take than a bunch of other people do is the idea that, like, everyone else probably doesn't think like him. So, you know, expressing this whole idea of loyalty, mm-hmm. sure, it could, like, attract certain people, but it's probably a smaller pool than we want it to be. Like, you know, I don't know that Jimmy Butler wants that kind of situation where it's like a loyalty security thing. I don't know that maybe a, a Chris Middleton, for example, wants that. Who knows? Maybe they do, but you know, it's, it's, it's not going to hurt for sure. It's, it's only going to make people think that like, you know, there's a better place there. And, you know, again, this is a biased thing, but I've always seen like Portland is like a pretty cool place to live. You know, also Nike and Adidas are both there. Like there's a lot of good things going for it. So any of you free agents listening, yeah. uh, come on yeah, over. Exactly. <laughs> well, we have good fans. Come on, we're we're a great place. To, it's a great place to be. Yeah, man. All, all the free agents listening to, uh, or, or all the soon-to-be free agents listening to the Trailcasters, we hope that you uh, take this seriously. Uh, Varun, yeah. obviously, he's he's got a lot of pull. He's going from coast to coast here. He knows all about uh, what's going on in Portland, and and, and take his word for for law really as far as i'm concerned uh <laughs> well thank you again man uh let me ask you qu- three quick rapid fire questions just because these things came up last sunday and i wanted to touch them today and didn't even really think about it uh but just quick answers then i'll get you out of here lamarcus aldridge does he want to come back to portland he mentioned the thing about switching jerseys with dame and he's kind of we've heard some talk before about uh wanting to be traded out of san antonio do you see him possibly coming to portland uh in the future no i mean like <laughs> I, I mean like look i i, I I think out of all the people who've left and like have gone on, like I think Lamarcus sort of leaves the, a slightly salty taste in my mouth. Like I, I again, I'm I'm a pretty easygoing guy, and I don't hold grudges and stuff like that. But that one was like a little bit weird. And uh, you know, I'm happy that he's flourishing in San Antonio. I think that's a good place for him to be. But I also just don't totally see the basketball fit as much as I do. As much as I that's true. I mean, like he's he's great. I think it's style a little bit on the old school method. And I'm glad that Greg Popovich has found a way to take his talents and like adjust them. I don't know that if he comes back that like we would be willing, uh, the, the team, excuse me, would be willing to sort of adjust his, um, his strengths as much as they used to. So, uh, I, I don't, I mean, I, I'm happy. I'm, I, w- I would be happy if they patched things up and, you know, he was a great trailblazer by all means, but, um, I don't know that I would see him coming back. Okay. Number two, the new jerseys that Adam Silver, uh, 
released or, or kind of uh, gave us a sneak peek of uh, over All-Star Weekend, the jerseys where you can use a phone app to change the name and the number on the back from like, let's say you're, uh, you've got a Dame jersey, but Dame's not playing the night, so you switch it to CJ. Are you ever going to buy one of these jerseys? Uh, am I ever going to buy one of these jerseys? I mean, <laughs> uh, I need to buy a new iPhone first. I don't know if I have the money for, for that. Thing, but, uh, I, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where like, as, as I get older, like I look at those things and I'm like, eh, but I'm sure like they're going to blow up. Like there's a ton of funny stuff you could do with them for sure. Like, you know, everyone, right. makes, fun of, everyone makes fun of like people when they like go to a, a Lakers game, for example, like they'll wear like the opposite team's jerseys and then like the Lakers will start winning and they'll rip off the jersey. Now it just makes that a lot easier. So like, why not? Like there's definitely a market for go. it. Like it'll be great. So me personally, I All don't right. know. I'm, I'm not even a big Jersey guy, but I'm sure someone else or there's a market for it for sure. I love it. Uh, okay, so final one. Speaking of marketing as well, Dame had a, a kind of reveal about a Hulu tattoo, a sponsored tattoo that he uh, was getting. I am not convinced that it's not real. I, I'm not convinced that this is just an ad campaign, but Brandon, uh, shout out to at Golden PDX, our, my co-host who is not here for, with us today. Um, he is already convinced this is just a, a fake ad. It's not, not a real tattoo. It's just like a campaign that they're doing. Where do you stand on the, on the Hulu tattoo for Dame? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with real. Like, why not? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure. Like, I, like who knows? Like, if it's fake, like, okay, I look like an idiot. Big deal. But if it's real, like, it's way more badass. It's way more awesome. And I hope Hulu threw him a, a bag and a half for it. Like, that's that's, yeah, right? that's a pretty badass. That, that's a pretty badass thing to do. And hey, you get free Hulu out of it. So why not? There you go. Hulu has live sports is his whole thing. And we're giving them more free advertising. So I'm going to cut that off right there. But thank you, Varun, so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, please come back on here anytime. Uh, Trailcaster would love to have you. I'm sure Brandon would love to be part of this conversation next time as well. If listeners are trying to reach out to you, uh, what is the best way to do so on social media? Uh, it's very easy. My, it's just my first and last name. So that's Varun Bose, V-A-R-O-O-N-B-O-S-E. So that's at Varun Bose on Twitter and quite frankly, any other platform that you and your parents are using. <laughs> well, Varun Bose of Bleacher Report and the Blazer fan uh, and Trailcast representative over on the East Coast. Thank you again so much for uh, coming on. Man. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you again to Varun Bose. I uh, really appreciate him coming in. And Brandon, got to say, that was like the quietest I've ever heard you be during an interview. It's, it's amazing what happens when you uh, aren't there for it. I was really speaking with my eyes, Keith. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh man, well yeah, it was it was good talking to him, and so that was that covered Brooklyn and uh, the games coming from last week. But now we'll begin in just in a moment in towards what Philly and a couple other topics. But first, I guess since I'm already doing this, we're just gonna have uh, uh, Brandon. Why don't you? Uh, did you know we have this other sponsor? The, the, these other guys, they sponsor uh, called Envy Adventures. Have you heard of them? Yeah, I have, Keith. They are <laughs> called Envy Adventures, and since I did the read for Clearly Speaking, why don't you talk about Envy Adventures? They're pretty well, great. Yeah, so, so Envy Adventures, uh, that is envidventures.com. Uh, they are local right here in town, and they have airplane and helicopter tours now, too. They're not just airplane tours ah. from Central Northwest. Now they're doing helicopters as well. Uh, and these are Robert's Helicopters and Fixed-Wing Cessnas is what I'm seeing on the on their uh, on their website. They have some great packages up there. So any flights as short as 20 minutes and all the way up to like an hour and a half. You want to go out and see the Quicksand Triangle or a place called the Figure 8. Do you know what the Figure 8 is? Do you know where that is? No, I, I do not. somewhere up around the gorge. I'm kind of curious. I'm going to look through the website, see if I can sort that, sort that out. But if you want to get in touch with Envy Adventures, you can go to their website at envidventures.com or contact them. Uh, they're open seven days a week, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. 
And from November to March, uh, 10 to 6 p.m. So a little more time. If, if you want to get in there this week, you got to go before 6. But after this, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., all through the rest of summer until November. And they're located right down there in Troutdale, Oregon. So check them out at envyadventures.com, E-N-V-I adventures.com. All right. Welcome back, Brandon. So- Hello. I am Brandon. <laughs> you are Keith. And we're doing a I podcast. <laughs> Unbelievable. It is amazing. It's amazing that we actually we are we are back in the same spot for this. It seems like it's been a while since we've actually podcasted together. It's right? been a while. I'm what, enjoying what, the. What uh, song is that? Sorry, I'm distracting you. But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's that's Nickelback. Oh uh, fuck! Oh man, <laughs> I'm banned from the podcast for five episodes. <laughs> hey, listen. If anyone uh, if anyone listens to any comedy podcast, check out Comedy Bang Bang. I'm sure you've heard of that before. But Scott Ackerman, he runs that one. He's been doing it for a long time. He's a great podcaster. But basically, every time they say in context it's been a while they either have a clip or they just kind of do some quick, quick little like you know voice imitation like it's been a while like from that I can't do it at all I don't sound anything like Nickelback and I think I'm okay with it yeah you kind of look like him though wah, 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 oh wah, wah. how dare you that's no, the you know, one he, downside to having a beard <laughs> <laughs> the beard doesn't make me look like Nickelback he, yeah, he looks dude. like Jesus man he's got like the long stringy hair that's he wears true. like the flannel shirt you used to have long hair though back in the day you used to have long hair you that's true hair, like, but I never had a podcast. beard and a long hair <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, all right. So, so Keith Nickelback Feltner Smith here is going to oh take us into God. the next part of the podcast. <laughs> so, there was a Blazer game yesterday morning. That's uh, true. Were they playing Nickelback? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How do you feel about 10 a.m. games? Oh, it was weird. I, I'll admit, it was weird. Um, I think it was Dustin Hawes of the Holy Backboard who, after the game, said. Hey, the Blazers played, and now you have the whole rest of your Saturday, so, like, how bad is it really to have an early game? So I'm with him on that, but, like, it was kind of bizarre. But, I mean, I I think that Brooke Olsendam even talked to Mo Harkless about it after, and he admitted those East Coast games at 1 o'clock, it's 10 a.m. Pacific, they're tough on the team. How did you feel as a fan? How did you feel about it? Honestly, especially on the weekends, I like it, and it's not... This isn't the first, you know, it happens in, in soccer as well. You have plenty of noon or one o'clock Sunday games, and it's kind of nice, like Dustin was saying. Uh, I mean, do you usually wake when, up early, though? Is that kind of what you usually do? Because I, I, mean, I, I, I don't usually get up super early. So, for I mean, it's not like I sleep in that late on the weekends, but... It's kind of weird. I, I used to be... I could, you could never get me out of bed in the morning. I used to be a total like insomniac where I'd be up till three in the morning uh, each night and then sleeping until 10 or 11. I've had this job the last two years in the, uh, in the beer industry where... I get up so early that even on the weekends now, man, I'm up at seven o'clock and it's like, it's, it's involuntary okay. at this point. Uh, but no, it's, 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 it's a blessing and a curse. No, it's mostly a curse. I like sleeping in, but, uh, the, the morning games though, I'm not against it. When you have the rest of the day, it's, it's not a bad thing. Maybe I feel like during the week, it would be a little more of a problem. I wouldn't want a game. Although then again, we, we have so much DVR and everything at this point. Would it be that bad if a game happened at like, let's say midday, if a game happened at two or so in the afternoon, even if you're at work. You see the score after, oh, we lost, so I guess I'm not going to waste my evening watching that one. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would be tough during the week. On a weekend, it wasn't it wasn't so bad. Obviously, during the week, I would have missed the game. Um, maybe we should talk a little bit about the game itself, though. The game itself. So Portland yeah. takes this one down 130-115 to 115 in Philly. Uh, this is the third straight win for us. And some balanced production, too. Uh, Dame and CJ. Dame has 17 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. CJ, 15 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. If you notice there, neither one of our star players scored 20 points, and we ran away with this game. We were up by a 20 or 15 for the majority of the second half. It was a little bit of a slow start, but you know that's you can't win the game in the first quarter. 
Yeah, it was it was that third quarter. Sorry, I was I weather alert. The National Weather Service <laughs> has just updated their forecast to say that oh, Portland Brandon. is expecting one to two inches of snow, and the Southwind Valley Corvallis, where I grew up, is going to get like six inches. And it's really <laughs> annoying because like Portland should get more snow. Okay, so I wasn't paying attention to you, but yeah, it was that third quarter. <laughs> you just like, you were blowing me off entirely. Oh, I so was about, totally okay. looking at National Weather Service. They've been neither all Dame up- nor CJ. Neither Dame nor CJ scored twenty points. We have uh, Dame with seventeen, six and eight. CJ with fifteen, five and four okay uh, we, we still ran away with this game 20 points uh by by a lot of it 15 points at the end how about that like how often we've seen this year that neither dame nor cj has relied on heavily you you jerk well you i think i think nerd. if i were to think about this the way the <laughs> national weather service would i'd say first of all joel Embiid wasn't playing for the 76ers but look they still had ben simmons they still had jimmy butler they still had tobias harris and they still had jj reddick so it's not like oh that boban i shouldn't even t- i shouldn't even forget boban like so boban. it's not like the 76ers were like totally gutted so that's that's part of it and then the other thing is like yeah like it's good to know that the blazers can carry a win against a good team a team who has more wins than they do uh without their best players playing particularly well yeah that's true um so i mean there are a lot of themes in this game that we can touch on i don't want to interrupt the flow of the things that you wanted to talk about i told you before the episode there are a couple things i wanted to hit on but i will let you yeah let me let me just throw in here some of the uh so as far as just the stat balance just want to emphasize what was more. the weather like during the game though keith that's important <laughs> sorry i'll shut up it now. was a beautiful saturday you know honestly it was a pretty nice day uh but so dame and cj with 17 and 15 apiece nurk led the blazers with 24 points 10 rebounds four assists chief 15 points six rebounds mo had 13 and five rebounds and then you get 16 and eight from uh cancer off the bench 11 points and two assists from seth curry uh jake had another good game for himself eight points 11 rebounds Hood and the rest, you know, a little less production down the line. Zach Collins got in just for the very end, and he scored, like, right off the bat. But mostly, I was just stoked to see such balanced production among the starters. Another good game from Cantor and Nurk, just just crushing it. Yeah, there was no Embiid in there, but let's just use that as a transition. Nurk being the focus of the Blazers' offense, and Ben Simmons, without Embiid, was really the focus for the uh, 76ers. And Ben Simmons, at one point, just kind of cracked. He just kind of lost it a little bit. He, uh, I, I, I think the, the real... Uh, focal point or kind of the, the breaking point of this was Simmons missing a free throw and as he misses the shot before it's even hit the rim Nurkic you can hear on the mics yell hell no and that and wasn't the first time he did it right like he, no it wasn't he, <laughs> he even did, did it earlier. he did it during the game like when Ben Simmons attempted a floater like as he put the floor <laughs> he goes hell no and it missed and yeah like I mean obviously Nurkic was living rent free in Ben Simmons's head it was really good to see <laughs> and I loved it because the internet had such a discussion after that clip was shared where you can very clearly see and hear them kind of drawing back and forth after that particular well, free throw and so 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 the quote though too so nurk goes hell no after the free throw and then ben simmons comes from the free throw line down towards the baseline where nurk is and says uh you talk a lot of shit for being ass not being an ass but he's basically saying you are a bad player like in in layman's terms on the court right and this this is i think what NBA Twitter really lit up on. And I love that, honestly, they took Nurk's side mostly. Like, there were some definite Philly fans in there. But for the most part, like, there's just some of the people... Uh, oh, and actually, here, let's throw in two. Nurk's response post game. So Ben Simmons says, you talk a lot of shit for being ass. Nurk post game, when asked about it, says, I think I'm a better shooter than him. I mean, I'm for sure a better shooter. The way he's able to shoot or not able to shoot is ridiculous. So he's throwing it right back. And the swagger, just the attitude of doing the hell no in the middle of the shot, just getting, like you said, living rent free in the dude's head. Uh, it was beautiful to watch. And so go, go ahead. What, what did you see on NBA Twitter that excited you most? I've got a couple quotes here, but do you have one? Well, no, I mean, just generally, I'll let you come in with the, in with the quotes. Generally, what 
you just said is what I was going to say. People were mostly taking Nurkic's side because, okay, is Ben Simmons better than Yusuf Nurkic? Sure, of course he is. Yeah, like, sure. The funny thing is, like, statistically, right now, they're not that far off in scoring. They're not that far off in rebounding. Ben Simmons, obviously, right. much more of a facilitator. And again, I'm not saying that Nurkic is a better player because he's not, but he's also not ass. And also, important to note, the Blazers, first of all, the Blazers won go. this game by 15. Second of all, Yusuf Nurkic was a plus 24 on 9 of 13 shooting. Ben Simmons was a negative 20 in this game. So it's like, obviously, Nurkic got into his head. You have a couple quotes, though, like some people are talking about online. It was definitely, I can't pull them off the top of my head. So if you could save me here, I'd appreciate it. Just, just two quotes that I really want to go to. Nurk on Instagram after the whole thing. He posts a picture of him blocking Simmons at the rim, just straight up in the air. And he's got like the shot has got hands on the ball, probably a shot from Bruce Eli. So I'm just going to give him the shout out. If that's not the proper uh, uh, credit for the photo, my apologies. Which, by the uh, way, I noticed that, but Nurkic was not credited for a block on that play. He didn't have any blocks in this game, which I think is interesting. That is insane because that is like hands on the ball. Like block. Maybe it was called a foul or something. I don't know. Well, anyway, the, so he posts the picture and the picture, the still frame sure looks like good, clean block. I'm just going to say, but the quote he puts underneath it, thinking they lions, tigers, and bears, I go hunt and put heads on my fireplace. I'm not a hunter. I'm not into the killing of animals for sport, but I'm sure into the uh, taking down of, of Ben Simmons and competitors on the court for sport. That was an awesome quote. I liked it. Yeah, I dug it too. <laughs> okay, so one of the other ones that I wanted to grab out of NBA Twitter, though, uh, I shout him out often on this show. We got to have him as a guest at some point, but Andrew Bailey, at Andrew D. Bailey, a uh, great statistician on online there. If you sort out every NBA player with 500 plus minutes this season by the average of their ranks in 10 catch-all metrics, because that's kind of what Bailey does. He gets all these catch-alls and puts them together, so then there's less argument about, oh, well, this one favors this kind of shooter, or this favors right. these kind of players. You bring it all together for the real average. So sort all the players who've done, done 500 or more minutes by the average of their 10 ranks or by the average of their ranks in 10 catch all metrics. Ben Simmons comes in at 28th. Nurt comes in at 16th. Boom. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> That's funny so, as hell. <laughs> kind of brings up the whole idea too of like what really makes better player uh, a better player. You and I both kind of acknowledge pretty quickly that sure. Ben Simmons is generally considered the better player in the NBA. When you talk about his production though, right after that, their production is nearly identical and Nurk is doing it in about 10 minutes less a game than Simmons. So you could argue about efficiency. I, the other side, though, of course, anyone who's putting together a franchise, you don't put together a franchise in this NBA, in this day and age, around the center. You do no. it around a point guard. But and no Ben Simmons being a very like, kind of Magic Johnson-esque point guard as far as very lanky and a uh, long body who can still distribute into all this. It, it seems like he's the player that they would want to build around, but I'm not really sure if you can say better. First of all, I'm offended. You're comparing Ben Simmons and Magic Johnson. How dare you? No, that, that's a common comparison. The legacy that's what of say is a maybe maybe to like Magic Johnson on Twitter, sure, uh, but not Magic <laughs> Johnson player. The second thing is like you just said it like uh, that. Maybe if you're building a franchise, obviously you're going to pick Ben Simmons over Yusuf Nurkic. But here's the thing: Ben Simmons, he's a very specific kind of player who needs yeah. a very specific roster around him. That like can shoot, he can't. Yeah, exactly. He can't shoot. So Yusuf Nurkic as a big body, someone who can get rebounds, he can play defense, be a defensive stopper. That's the kind of player you can plug and play in lots of different kinds of successful teams, yep. lots of different like teams that are built differently. But Ben Simmons, I don't know, like and and Philadelphia is going to have to figure this out too with the contracts of Jimmy Butler, of Tobias Harris coming up, of needing to make Joel Embiid feel like the face of the franchise and needing to keep him and Ben Simmons like 
76ers are not going to have an easy job of it toying with all of this and tinkering and make it happen. I mean, you can count on one hand the number of teams where you could put in Ben Simmons and he'd be a seamless fit. Now, I will say this, like <laughs> there maybe is a model for it in Milwaukee, Giannis not being the best shooter, certainly a better shooter than Ben Simmons. They've surrounded him with shooters. They got right. Miritich at the deadline. Brooke Lopez is having this renaissance season. So they've, right. <laughs> they've figured it out. But like 76ers, they, it's not like they have one clear-cut number one option to build around. And so again, I think like... I don't know, like, maybe you would rather have Nurkic on your team just because he could fit in better. Who do you think is more important to the 76ers, Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? Embiid, for sure. He's yeah, by far, doubt. like, way more important. So, yeah, okay, just, again, just interesting comparison with it saying, like, if it's about building around the point guard. But, yeah, Embiid is just a bigger factor for them. Maybe that's more of a flaw about Ben Simmons. But, but again, uh, like, let's say, like, let's, I'm not trying to make this into a 76ers podcast, but let's ignore Tobias <laughs> Harris and Jimmy Butler. If you just look at Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid wants the ball in his hands. Ben Simmons, he can't operate as a floor spacer, so he absolutely positively needs the ball in his hands. I just think it's going to be tricky, so yeah, fuck you, Ben Simmons. <laughs> Mona Lisa <laughs> yeah, looking no. motherfucker. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, I hadn't I heard that, that one. That's off. very interesting. <laughs> he does. He kind of okay, does. Okay. So Which is not the, not the worst thing in the world. It's not like he's a bad looking dude. No, he's really not. He, he does have an interesting look, though. It's uh, and honestly, like seeing him kind of powder on the court, the way that he was complaining to the refs, I'm surprised that he doesn't get more of a reputation because I feel like he just has that look of when he complains or when he kind of sulks. Boy, does it show. Anyway, that, yeah. that's enough about Ben Simmons and about the 76ers. We were talking about franchise building. I want to talk about some of the marks for the Portland Blazers franchise rebounding in particular. This year so far, uh, we are at 47.6 a game rebounds that's a pretty good mark our franchise best 48.3 a game that was set back in the 75 76 season the year before we won the uh won, won it all the championship <laughs> but so just saying like that's we are less than a rebound away from uh passing our all-time mark and that's with only one game of having ennis canner on the roster that was before uh philly was really recording the stats so this very well might be the best rebounding team portland has ever seen yeah, you also have to adjust for how the league is changing, how the pace is faster, scoring is up, which creates more rebounds. So let's just let's be no, mindful okay. that we're adjusting for that. But yeah, I mean, let's talk no, a little bit. Oh, go for it. No, 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 that's fair. But just as a counter argument to that, too, as far as to counter the pace thing, uh, Portland, as far as out rebounding opponents uh, this year. We have done it more than any other team. We've out rebounded our okay. opponents 42 games, 42 games this year. The second uh, best team for that, Philly, has out rebounded their opponents 41 games, and Milwaukee is third with uh, 38. Our record in the 42 games that we have out rebounded the opponent, 29 and 13. So again, we're the most dominant rebounding team, and it's pretty decisive as far as being a good mark for us. And we just got another top tier rebounder. We really, really did. Ennis Cantor has been historically one of the best offensive rebounding bigs in the league the last couple of years. And again, yeah. like we've talked about this, but the dude's only 26. So let's talk about it a little bit. Like he had another good game against the 76ers. And now when you take a peek and by the way, small sample size alert, just be mindful that it's two games, but he's averaging 17 points and eight and a half rebounds with four offensive rebounds. He's doing it in 20 minutes a game. If Ennis Cantor is cool with playing fewer minutes because in his career, he's averaged you look the last couple of years, like, you know, 26 to 27, 28, 25 minutes a game. If he's okay coming off the bench and averaging 20 minutes a game and going for like, let's just drop those down a little bit, even like 15 and seven. 
Like that's a big deal. What is that? Yeah. That's, that's like he doesn't bring the same defense as Ed Davis, but he brings just as much rebounding, and rebounding means extra possessions for your team. And I don't know, like. I'm pretty excited about it. Like, it's also fun to think of nicknames for him and Nurkic. Like, like. Oh, I got a good one. Go ahead, go ahead. Go, go ahead. for what it. You What's yours? Okay. The Nurk and Turk post game show. <laughs> it kind of sounds like a car wash or like, <laughs> uh, like. Post game, like, you know, two of, the, two of the only players that are really legitimate post, like, low post players, low post oh, Turks at this point. We got, got them both in here. Nurk and Turk, like, they, there's there's a great picture even from the from the Brooklyn game where I think Canner has a towel over his head and they're kind of, like, dapping up in the hallways underneath, probably uh, after the game for it. But I swear, the Nurk and Turk post-game show, I, I'm, I'm going to run with that, unless you got another one. Which I got? don't, I but I've been workshopping <laughs> it and here's where my thinking is going and maybe by next episode I'll have, like, an idea. I'm thinking of a drink with two major ingredients oh, in okay. it. So one of them would be Nurk and one of them would be Turk and call it the Nurk and Turk. Like, maybe that's something that tough luck okay. with that red hot rip city chicken sandwich however the fuck they say it that's <laughs> they sponsor the rip city report casey holdall joe freeman make maybe they can make a nurk and turk drink or maybe keith if you and i open a bar we can have a nurk and turk like oh, maybe maybe one of your like the people you work with and like the beer industry wants to make a beer like two different hops and call it the nurk and turk like can we'll we get, get in this touch going with modern times yeah we can we can make yeah. this happen let's do okay, it so uh, let's uh back on the team though uh, about nurk and turk specifically uh the, we we heard Nurk at the beginning of the season. I think it was this season. I don't think it was last season. Talking about the bad boy Blazers. Want to kind of bring bring uh, bring around boys, this bad, bad boy boys. attitude. What you gonna Cantor. do? Cantor. Really I'm just gonna interrupt thing. you really annoyingly, and you, <laughs> oh, have, to, can tell. you have to power through it. <laughs> but Cantor brings a lot of the same stuff in here. A lot of kind of that same swagger and attitude. The same way that we're seeing Nurk. Uh, this game, he was talking to Ben Simmons and doing the hell no. I didn't really see much in the Brooklyn game, but. Before the All-Star break, we saw Zach Collins getting, again, like you said, living yep. rent-free in the head of Clay Thompson and kind of even Draymond Green and eventually even Steve Kerr. He infected that whole team. And that was pretty much, I think, just Zach Collins, maybe some of Jake Lehman as well, doing the raising the roof and the shrug a little bit. Or not raising the roof, but he was he was chilling people down and then the shrugging. Yeah. Uh, but even before that, we've had some issues with Jay Crowder. We had Nurk and Russell Westbrook getting into it. This team... Specifically, Nurk and now Turk as well. Uh, no, I can't just call him Turk. It's got to be Nurk and Turk or <laughs> Cantor, his name is Cantor. Yeah, I got to give him respect. But Nurk and Cantor both, they they definitely have that attitude. They got that swagger and kind of that 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 uh, that talkiness. I guess where I could do you see this kind of changing the the team. Does it, does this help us in the long run? It could definitely. And by the way, like with Collins and Nurkic and Cantor, are there any more players on this team who kind of like shit talk a little bit? I'm cussing a lot in this episode. Oh, well, I don't, I don't think <laughs> hey, there are. You got the censor job. Uh, I mean, squawk it. You're going to squawk it. We don't know if I'm going to we'll squawk everything this episode. I might miss a few squawks, but it's too bad. The Blazers don't still have like Will Barton. I feel like he'd be like a premier shit talker. Like that'd be well, amazing. CJ. CJ, CJ yeah, he does. He's like a quiet shit talker though. He does it kind of low key, not super visible, but, um, and by the way, speaking of Zach Collins. So first of all, to your point, like I do think it helps. I think having that swagger definitely helps. I think it also helps people who don't get a ton of minutes feel like they can play a role. If they can play like kind of that tough guy role, like it just makes you feel more engaged off the bench. But Zach Collins, he got a DNPCD last game, which is a did not play coach's decision last game. He only played four minutes in this game against the 76ers. He did go two for three in those four minutes, but like 
I, I feel for Zach Collins, though, like, I know this isn't really a topic, but just very briefly, I think him getting pinched out of the rotation is a bummer because the Blazers could use that energy, particularly on defense. He's so good at moving on defense. I've talked about this ad nauseum that he can slide around and get really good defensive positions. So it's kind of a bummer for him. But I don't know with Rodney Hood and Cantor, it's the way it's kind of got to be. I'm I'm with you, though. I like what I was seeing from Zach. I think he has a lot of potential, but. I do remember when we were drafting him, one thing that was talked about from the very beginning was this idea that one of the things they scouted him on was that he was a bench big uh, in college as well. He did not have the starting role. So he was already used to this idea of coming off uh, the bench and kind of being a spark plug, but having it produced in short minutes. So as much as it is a bummer to not see him get the time to really develop right now, I don't think he's necessarily a guy that will suffer from it. I, I was more concerned if Myers, like after the season Myers has had so far, if going back to kind of the spot minutes, if that was going to work for him. But so far, I'm not super concerned because like you said, just what we're seeing on the floor, the results are kind of worth the cost right now. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm not super concerned with Zach, but how about uh, just as far as the attitude real quick too, Jake Lehman. I feel like his is kind of sneaky because he has such this like innocent white boy kind of like yeah. the, the floppy good hair uh, kind of thing. Like he has such an innocent look going for it, but that dude... I don't know if he's much of a talker, but he talks to the refs when they're not giving him foul calls. And he's got a lot of kind of like talking to the fans and kind of body motions where I haven't seen him like put up a finger yet to kind of shush them. But I feel like he's the kind of player that would. (laughs) Yeah, no, he totally is. And by the way, it's important to note, even with the addition of Rodney Hood and Cantor, Look at who got the most minutes off the Blazers bench in that game was Jake Lehman with 28 minutes. He actually got more minutes than Aminu, than Harkless, than Nurkic. So, like, that's important. And, like, with all of the hand-wringing, that some of it came from me about Terry Stotts insisting on Harkless being in the starting lineup. Why don't we talk about him a little bit? Because he's looked really good the last couple games, and he's talked about like that his body feels better. So I, I mentioned earlier that post game interview that he had with Brooke Olsendam and that win against the 76ers and Brooke said, Hey, like you've had three games now of double digit scoring. Like what's the deal? And he's like, I feel better. Like I, my body feels right. Like I feel right. like I can do the things that I did before. Like this is super encouraging. And I wanted to ask you, so Keith, like, do you think that this is like, is this for real? Like, is Harkless really finally actually back? Or is this just like another flash in the pan? He's going to go back to being inconsistent, crappy Harkless. Like, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it, man. I, I like what I'm seeing from him. And it is hard to, it's hard to count him in because it seems like the problem really has been the consistency. Although even that, I feel like is kind of tainted by the consistency issues that Batum had with us before Harkless even got here. I feel like it's one of those where when you see that issue with Harkless, maybe it kind of gets more emphasized in some fans' minds because we're used to this issue being talked about for years and years before he'd even joined the team. Uh, I do feel like these three games, though, he's looking so much better. And it's obviously like three big games in a row for him with Golden State, Brooklyn, and Philly, and those all equate to three big wins for us. Uh, So I I feel like there's got to be at least some correlation there. And you, you know, we mentioned kind of the uh, the wing rotation with Hood and Jake as well, and it was Harkless going to lose minutes. Is that maybe some of the motivation for him on this? Is he kind of maybe motivated by the talk that he's got to be hearing on social media and kind of around the team that, you know, maybe he doesn't deserve this starting spot that the that Coach Stoss is not really taking away from him. So now he's maybe having to not fight for it because he's still got it, but he's feeling like he has to kind of bluster up and prove it a little bit. It's possible. I mean, I think it's also possible that the leadership of Damian Lillard may be playing a part here. I mean, we've heard tons of people 
talk about how Damian Lillard would like get in people's ear about like, hey, like you need to do this. Like your role is this over here. Like, don't worry about that. Like maybe he pulled him aside, had a talk with him and said, look, like you're still starting. Like, it's not like you're relegated to the bench, like a Myers Leonard, like a Zach Collins, like right. you're getting the minutes. So you have to make the best of them. Like, but yeah, like, I think it's clear also that the headband Keith is playing <laughs> such a huge role headband Mo. And by the way, shout out to friend of the show, Alex Haig on the Blazers Outsiders, the NBC Sports Northwest, who was wearing, when we did our, our bit yeah, on, on the Outsiders, right. she was wearing two headbands. And then three I was like, three, she had three months. Oh, well, no, no remember? And then like backstage, I was like, look, you don't have another headband. She's like, I do like put it on. Like, so then she's wearing three headbands. Three? <laughs> so I think that maybe we can credit all of this to Alex. Yes. Or maybe we can credit to the headbands. Like, I'm not exactly sure, but like headband Mo, you in on this? Well, look, all I know is that I'm sure Mo watched The Outsiders. I'm sure he saw the three headbands with us on. I'm sure he saw us and was like, wow, those two gentlemen are so great. (laughs) Just kidding. Well, look, all I'm saying is if he'd only seen Alex wearing two headbands, I don't know if that would have been the motivation. (laughs) But the three headbands, I think, got him out there. It it got into his his head a little bit. Yeah, for Uh, sure. So he had the white headband at Brooklyn and the black one at Philly. Have you ever seen him wear headbands previously? I asked about this on Twitter. Uh, T mom, shout out to, uh, Tara Biggs, uh, Tara Bowen Biggs, excuse me. She mentioned, I, I said, has he worn headbands previously? And is this maybe a new trend? And she just said flat out. Yes. So I'm not really sure if she was saying yes to it being a new trend, hopefully, or if she knows that he has worn them in the past, but I feel like we need to figure that out. Cause I don't remember the- not on the blazers anyway. Like I don't, I can't visualize him wearing a headband until now. And like, here's the other thing, like, and I, I, I mean, I'm being a little petty about this, but like when I think of headbands, I often think of of players trying to hide their hairlines. I think of LeBron James, how that throughout his career's headband kept creeping back right, and right. creeping back. And Mo Harkless has like one of the best hairlines in the league. Oh yeah, so he's got nothing to hide. <laughs> so I don't know, like just to say, like it's definitely not like a vanity thing. Like I don't know, like is it like could it be that like NBA players are like notoriously like a little bit like routine oriented or maybe even superstitious oh for sure maybe it was that he was just feeling like he needed something to change and so he changed that up and maybe that's helping him and look like i know that you and i are not doctors my awesome girlfriend cassie is in fact a doctor we actually talk about the placebo effect (laughs) and the placebo effect is essentially it's like look like your, your brain is such a powerful tool you can manifest actual physical symptoms in your body but there's no marker for it other than it's happening in your brain your attitude things like that that yeah like the placebo effect if you can train your brain to basically trick yourself into like positive Mm -hmm. thinking that's a great thing so maybe that's what it is and if so i'm all for it positive thinking is a real thing actually let's talk about another positive for the blazers here too the game against philly marked 25 straight games of 100 plus points for us this is the longest streak for the blazers since how long do you think uh probably since the early 90s that oh, well, maybe you saw this in the broadcast too. Fine. No, I didn't. Yeah, no, that, that's no. A- <laughs> I'm just thinking. Well, then look, you, Keith, I'm that going, was a great I'm, guess. Hold on a second. I'm going back to the <laughs> NBA has changed, and we know in like the mid '80s, the late '80s, the pace was really, really high, and the Blazers then got good in the late '80s, early '90s. The pace has gone up again, so that's what I'm going off of. I'm not cheating, no, you're Keith. Good, you're good. I am not no. a cheater. How dare you? I'm you are offended. a great guesser. I'm leaving now. I'm going to talk about weather for 20 more minutes. <laughs> well, no, this is the longest uh, streak for the uh, Blazers franchise since 1990 on the dot so well done with that one sir you get bonus points there uh Hooray. i would say as well that not just the pace though part of it's got to be having dame here right he just passed uh 1500 points for the seventh season in a row i saw that that puts him lebron 
Kevin Durant and Melo, the only active players who scored 1,500 points in each of their first seven seasons. Wow, Melo, good company. No, just kidding. Like, <laughs> for as much as we bag on Melo, he was an elite scorer. So yeah, that's like that is excellent, excellent company to be in. How about this one too? I saw uh, Dame is fourth in the N- in the NBA this year at scoring on the road. 27.8 points per game, and he's ninth in the NBA overall, 26.1 points. He's actually scoring better on the road, kind of significantly better on the road than uh, than at home for us. Does that surprise you? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you would think that it would be the opposite, but um, maybe there's something, because you said they score more on the road, right? Well, uh, Dame scores more on the road. The Blazers don't. Yeah, Dame but I does. Think that's actually what it is. I, I admit, again, I was team. looking at the National Weather Service. I'm really into the snow <laughs> forecast. <laughs> I can't stop looking at it. I'm like, oh, they updated it again. Um, I guess it, it... So here's why... So, okay, I have two answers. I'll make a brief. It does surprise me because generally people, teams, players play better at home. It doesn't surprise me in that if Dame knows that they play better at home and he needs to set the tone on the right. road that maybe he would get up even higher for those road games. It, so maybe this is like, it just speaks to Dame being like a really good team leader. So in that respect, it would not surprise me. How's that? Is that a good enough no, answer I'm, for me? Bullshitting it off the top of my head. <laughs> no, I'm with you. And you know, there's the other trends too. You always hear about uh, most role players, like uh, a lot of our, our uh, role players, they don't play as well on the road traditionally. So just the idea that Dame maybe has to carry the team a little more, step up his game a little bit more, go a little more super Saiyan when he's out on the road. And our, our unfortunately, is his hair catching on fire? Is that happening too? Is that part of I the deal? See, someone needs to animate that. I've seen it for like LeBron before where they do the little Super Saiyan animation, but I haven't seen a, a gif for Dame on that. I feel like you could do that pretty easily. That'd be some, like, great. Clutch shots at the end. I would love the, that. Okay, last question before we get out of here. Uh, Dame's nicknames. We, the, the new one is uh, Logo Lillard, right? So we have Dame Time, Lillard Time, Logo Lillard, and even I heard kind of I heard Game Time, Dame Time. As one of the maybe a variation, uh, what's your preference between those four? I don't, I mean, can we just do all of them? Like, I, it's not yeah, like I have yeah. a, a preference. I like um, I like logo Lillard because it's new. I would also say like it's been known for a couple years. There are exactly two players in the NBA who can regularly and comfortably pull up from that deep. The other one being Seth or Steph Curry. Correct. One so, of the Currys. So like one of the, one of those Currys. So. Yeah, like I think that that's pretty cool, and like logo curry doesn't really roll off the tongue, so Dang can just take that and run with it. So yeah, yeah I kind of yeah, cool okay. I'm gonna change my. I, I like logo Lillard because it's new. I like the flashy latest model of things. I like the new has that new car smell. Uh, do you, you have a preference between? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you have a preference between those? I, I'm always gonna like Dame Time, but I'm I'm into logo Lillard. That's pretty good too. Uh, so how about this though too? I, I said that was last question. How about that was really last topic? Dame is the last topic here. He took. Uh, and by the way, he said that he likes the logo Lillard name as well. He says that he would fuck with that one. So then he took questions on Twitter. He took over the Blazers account and had people hashtag ask Lillard. And you know what? He actually took one of my questions. I asked, uh, oh. what he thinks about, uh, I asked what he thinks about taking the best 16 teams regardless of conference. And all he said, I think it's time. So there you go. He's on board for that. Maybe giving the NBA a bit of a, a call out saying get it done. And Rachel Nichols then brought this up on the jump too. So, you know, maybe this is getting a little bit of a, a campaign started. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I think it's cool that he took one of your questions too. It's amazing he gave you the time today, Keith. And you're more popular than me. You're more you know famous what? This is the first me. time, and not the first time that Dame, you know Dame and I played NBA 2K a couple weeks ago. I, I have a shot at him and I just hitting in some recliners, just sitting back playing some 2K. Yeah, he beat me by a couple buckets. It wasn't wasn't too bad. I How think long did you get to play with well. him? 
uh, uh, like a just a quick game is like the uh, the short quarters, whatever it was. Dude, that's how did I not know? I know <laughs> that you met with him. I didn't know you actually got to play though. That's cool. Um, I'm going to send you the picture just to brag about it. Dude, by the <laughs> way, speaking of playing, I'm going to call you out right here, right now. Keith, when are you getting on Overwatch, dude? I want to play with you. Come on. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll get that going. I'll get that going. You didn't tell me before I got the game that they had uh, subscription service going, all that it, stuff. It, but, it's you know. for all of PlayStation, though. It's not just Overwatch. It's yeah, the entire yeah. thing. Come on, man. I want to play. Well, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I just got the PS4. I'm getting myself adjusted to Wait, it. Wait, I have a story I have a story to tell. You ready to hear this? So, okay, the other day, okay. uh, it, give me, I, so I talked about the weather and I'm going to talk about video games. I was playing Overwatch and I went to like go fill my water between matches. I was you like, better make this quick. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I was actually in a match. I was in a competitive match, which means like you're not allowed to leave or you get penalized. But it was like between the two games. Went to fill my water. I dropped my controller into the sink. There was a bowl. Oh, the no. controller got wet and it started freaking out. I couldn't push the buttons and people were like, what's with this guy? He's just like randomly shooting and spinning in a circle. So then I was like, oh no, like I've had this controller for so long. It's been fine. I tried drying it out. I took an air dryer. I put it on a fan. It wasn't working. So then I was like, okay, like I need to open it up, I guess, and fix it. And like had to order like the little screwdrivers on Amazon and get like the 90% alcohol. But in the meantime, I'm like, look, like I got to play. Like I can't wait for this. Like I want to fix it, but like I'll just have two controllers. So I go to the store, buy another controller, come back home that night, day one, new controller. I drop the controller on the floor, <laughs> it pops open, it breaks, like it hit just right at the right angle. I was like, are you kidding me? Oh my God. So I bought a third controller. Oh. Here, here's the end of the story. I know it's a long story. The end of the story is that I looked on YouTube, looked at a bunch of stuff. I was able to basically kind of Dr. Frankenstein things. And so I, I moved the the working innards of the controller that popped open i moved that into the case of the controller i dropped in the water so now i have one brand new controller and then one controller where it works perfectly and then a third one that is like popped open and the innards are kind of ruined so turn three into two that's my story don't drop your controllers in water <laughs> don't drop them on the ground don't be a brandon that's the lesson I know you had to listen to that whole thing. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's how I like to use my time on the trailcasters. <laughs> I mean, I mean, do I? You know, I, I was, I was gonna ask one more question. Or I Go was for gonna it. Mention, uh, no, not even ask. I was gonna mention Dame uh, responding to a question about bringing an NBA team back to Seattle on how he'd love it and it would make the miles traveled less and it would, uh, you know, help the I five rivalry. But I don't even feel like it's worth. You know, I, I feel like your controller story is no. <laughs> it's like I'm trying to drag this on. No, here's good. the thing. Like when you talk about either the Blazers or like Brandon's controller. Like Brandon's controller, obviously, like way up here. Like people, <laughs> obviously, the listenership. People, and, and people look, really is, want to hear about that. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're probably like a, we're an hour and twenty or so into this episode. Yeah, we got to get out of here. I'm, sure with the, uh, <laughs> I'm sure at this point, the listeners, if they are listening to anything, then they are enthralled by your third replacement controller, second replacement controller. People need I to hear about could, it. I, I, I want to get a second controller anyway. I, I've yeah. got the one that's working fine, but you know, I feel like just I, w- I want to get co-op, get Portal or something. So I would recommend don't buy it in store. Buy it online. You can get ones that are a little cheaper. I'd also not buy a used one because you just don't know. Like buy it new. Like you can get like if you don't care about the color, you can get like a red one is like a little less expensive than the black one, like that kind of thing. That's it on Keith and Brandon's PlayStation 4 podcast with the <laughs> Get Blazers. Get on Overwatch, segment. Keith. <laughs> we will talk to you more about Blazers soon next time. Uh, and actually, so I mean, it sounds like maybe we're going to try and th- this will come out ASAP. We'll get another one out. Hopefully you and I talk on Tuesday. And uh, well, yeah, so, so it's maybe not... 
quite the every. It's it's the megapod to make up for the the double episode this week. To make up for the fact that Brandon megapod. didn't edit. Thanks for calling me out, motherfucker. Um, no, 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 no. Because I, I didn't say <laughs> shit like that. I don't know how to edit yet. It's, it's on me too. No, 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 no. You're good. All right. So why don't you? Why don't you? Uh, what? How, we're listeners, getting. We're getting out. Yeah. You go. 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 Listeners, let us know what you think. Write us at Trailcasters on Twitter, IG, and Facebook. Email us at trailcasters at gmail.com. Thank you one more time to Varun Bose. Uh, we'll get him back on here soon. Uh, <laughs> lost track. What other contact info do we have? Brandon, what else, what else can they contact us at? You can contact us at Trailcasters on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or Trailcasters at gmail.com, or simply Trailcasters.com. I do want to note that our intro, outro, and interlude beats are brought to you by Odar. You can Odar. check out his work always at SoundCloud.com slash Odar Beats. And please give us those five-star reviews. No matter how you're getting the podcast, doesn't matter. And with that, stars. Keith, with the winter weather advisory that we are currently under, why don't you get us all of the way <laughs> out of here and into the snow? In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you to Brandon, as always. Thank you, Odar, for the fat beats. Thank you to our sponsors, Envy Adventures and Clearly Speaking. And thank you, Varun Bose of Bleacher Report, for joining me earlier. And, of course, thank you to the Nash- NWS.com, the National Winter Weather Service, for giving us such great distractions and keeping Woo-hoo! my podcast host from having to listen with me. And thank you to listeners for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again. And please come back this week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. <laughs> oh, the weather outside is frightful. <laughs> Just kidding. Nice. Oh, no, man. see, that's, that's one that I can actually... I, I did the whole, like, the, the doo-wop choir stuff back in the day. I can actually sing that one. I could Weren't you the one that was saying you really don't like Christmas songs? Is that, or is that yes, someone else? Yeah, okay. very much so. You're no, off that's it, definitely yeah. me. No, that's fair. <laughs> it's because it's I sang too many of them in malls and all that stuff as a kid. Oh, you were with Here Comes Treble. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> what, whoa, is that a real group? It's is a that... group from The Office. It's the group that, that oh. uh, <laughs> nice. Annie Bernard and Stephen Colbert's character, <laughs> Broccoli Rob, is in. Yeah. We were just called Company, and and we went around. That's a shitty name. <laughs> we did we did them at like at malls and retire or retirement centers and all this kind no. of stuff. Little dance and singing and choir numbers and and yeah, cool group, shitty name. Group. Yeah, you know it was, it was. Hey, you know what? We got Carnegie Hall with it. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. Well, let's let's, let's talk Carnegie Hall. Thirty seconds no, on that. And no, it was it was it was a it was a, a trip way back in high school. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I think they even got. I can't remember where they went the next year. Um, this is yeah, all going they, in the episode, still, by the way. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm, I'm sure lots of people are listening at this point. <laughs> Weather, PlayStation controllers, doo-wop groups. The three yes. pillars to a this good is, sports podcast. This is running. Just get those good ODAR, those fat ODAR beats over the top of this at the end. I'm sure someone's going to be sitting there rocking out, and they're like, whoa, Carnegie Hall? PlayStation 4? <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool, man. Well, uh, all right, I'm hitting the stop button. <laughs>